boy, look at our tetter squad We just got on a pitch and we set it off I used to just wanna get top four But we're up now and I want a lot more If we quit now, it was all for nothing They talk big but we call them bluffing We can call no more discussion This season's all or nothing What's up people, welcome back to another episode of the Canon Club podcast where we debate and give opinions on all things Arsenal. Make sure you follow us and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us with a five-star review and if you want this discussion in more digestible chunks, well here it is, here on the YouTube channel, Canon Club on YouTube. My name is Mex and as always I'm alongside my co-host Paul. Paul, what's good? Yeah man, a good week to be an Arsenal fan uh, obviously, we're recording now. It's Sunday evening. Uh, a couple rivals have lost as well, um, which always makes it a lot sweeter. See yep. uh, United get packed in differently. Always brings a, a joy and a smile to my heart. So, yeah, man, I'm good, bro. How you doing? Yeah, all good, man. It's um, been a, a long weekend, um, mm. a tiring one. But like you said, we got the, we got the right result and, um, you know, seeing the results from around the grounds, even that that Brentford 2-0 win mm, against Chelsea. Yeah. And you're here thinking, we should have done this to them, man. Like, oh, But, you know, we, we, we got a result on the day. We shouldn't have got a, a result at all. And yeah. now we've beaten Sheffield United 5-0 at the Emirates. Um, mm-hmm. The good times slowly coming back with a rotated squad. Yeah, brother, that was, I think... If those were the you know high points, it was the rotated squad, uh, people getting minutes, uh, obviously the Eddie Hattrick, um, and just a very calm, boring Saturday three pm kickoff for Arsenal at home. You know, I didn't want no frills like other than us scoring goals, and we got that. Um, and yeah, we go into the following games against West Ham and Newcastle with a nice little pep in our step. No injuries, no new injuries um, anyway, should I say? Because we unfortunately have Jesus and. Partey can't stay fit, so we move. Exactly. Uh, the 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 stuff of um, Thomas Partey, we, we may even have to speak about today, to be honest. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the rotation was good. It was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see as much rotation at, that that happened, you know, actually coming when, when I was looking into the game and things, things like that. Quite surprised when I saw the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Still confident and, you know, despite the first half probably being a bit slower than, mm. than we would have liked. Um, yeah, the second half we kicked into action and, um, you know, showed them who's boss. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, just in terms of the lineup, I mean, I was quite surprised in a sense there was still solidity in certain places. Um, but in my head, again, it would have been nice to see Ramsdale, but we move. I'm not going to get into it too much because I feel like we've talked that one to death. Um, but Zinchenko comes back into the lineup from midweek when Tommy played. Um, and I'm kind of now seeing Tommy Asu as the starting left back. I don't know about you. It might be a bigger conversation there, but Zinchenko gets rotated in. Kivio gets a start as well. Um, who else did we see? Uh, ben White did play Saliba for that solidity. Obviously had Rice, but then we had Smith Rowe and Havertz who haven't been in the starting lineup for a while. Um, and then we had a pretty strong front three and kind of felt like, yeah, I would have maybe liked to see one rotated in um, for either Sack or Martinelli. But I think as we spoke at the end of the Sevilla podcast, I think they both need minutes. Um, so I wasn't too mad at it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, again, same for me. I would I would have liked to see Ramsdale. It wasn't Ramsdale. Mm. Um, Kivio, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with Kivio because yeah. I like he's a he's a tough guy and he plays well. Um, apart from, I think, what, it was his first match against Sporting um, yeah. last season in the mm. Europa League. He's always looked good. And to be fair, he played a lot of last season at left-back, um, mm. inverting in and stuff. But yeah, I've, I've, I'm quietly confident in Kivio when he's put into the team. Mm. Um, I, Zinchenko played. Uh, to be fair, I think Zinchenko was okay. Um, mm. He'd he done a really good um, job. I think... He now knows that Tommy is is He's there. Is, is, mm. I, I'm not the only person that can play this position. Um, you know, yes, Tierney lost the battle, but Tommy Asu's there. He's learning it. He's thriving. Timber mm. when Timber comes back, so um, yeah, Zinchenko will have to buck up his eye his ideas. Um, and then the midfield, Rice in the six. Um, Havertz and Smith Rowe. I was not expecting mm, to see bro. Smith Rowe. 
I, even when I thought, yes, this is a, a, a prime opportunity to drop Odegaard, I thought mm. it would be good to bring in um, Vieira or someone Vieira, like okay. that. I didn't see Smith Rowe being the one to get the nod. Um, mm. Happy he did. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, um, the front two wingers in Martinelli, Saka, Core, and Ketia. I think we were saying last week that mm. I, it would have been Trossard for me or even a, a Havertz. Yeah. So Eddie got the start and I was like, Okay, okay, mm-hmm. but you know, Eddie done what Eddie does, and and you know, sh- shut up a lot of people, should I say, over mm. the weekend? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, like you said, we did say we would have both put in Trossard up top at the very least, if not Havertz, if you wanted to play him in midfield. But um, listen, when a guy scores a hat trick, you know, you zip it. You... All right, do your thing. Um, I've still got some more comments that I want to make just generally about Eddie, but nothing te- technically negative, but obviously he's come in and he's um, he's done his thing. Um, and yeah, that's all you can ask from a striker. You go out there, you score goals, you know what I mean? You've done your job, so he's done his job. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the first half was kind of slow. Um, I kind of felt like Sheffield United were quite resolute in the first 20, 25 or so. I can't remember what minute we scored in. Um, and then... We kind of just up to a gear. Ras kind of flashes a ball in. And Eddie does what... I mean, you know what? Let me just talk about Eddie because I, mm-hmm. I think let's just get to it. This... No, let me not be rude, but Eddie lays waste to this level of opposition. Like, you put him in front of the Sheffield United, the, like, the Lutons, even like kind of like the Brentfords. Like, he's, he's, on, he's ready on that level. He's on that level comfortably. He gets a great ball in from Rice. He takes an excellent first touch. If that is Jesus or anyone else, you know what I mean? If that's Inketia, Dino, everyone's going crazy. But it's Eddie, you know, people applaud him for it, but it doesn't, in my opinion, get the same sort of acclaim or people not saying that, oh, that's why Jesus starts over Eddie. His second goal, he's quick to it. Kind of like showed all facets of a striker today. Being able to be quick in the box, good touch, quick finish being first off the mark and getting to the ball. And then his third goal is just a man beaming with confidence and he absolutely levers it in the top corner. I think that's the first time I've seen Eddie do that in his yeah, professional yeah. career. The first like, time. Even to shoot, I've seen him shoot outside the box, but to shoot with that confidence, because I thought one, two to Smith Rowe, but he's just like, yeah, let me just quickly grab this hat trick quick and just slaps it top corner. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation, bro, about Eddie and his position and can he be a main striker, leading man? But is this maybe the best top three second strikers in the league? Are we looking at someone like that, someone who can come in and do a job? Because I know I spoke about Sheffield United and the Brentfords, but this is a man who got a brace against Man United last season. And whatever you think of Man United and their team and their squad and the way they play, they're still a rival. It's still very tough whenever we play them. So... He's got the ability to score against the big guys as well. So is he is he up there? Is he like, you know, if he if Jesus is down, he comes in, would you put any other second striker in the league over him? Uh, I mean, we'll have to maybe look at each team on a case-by-case basis and look at who their second striker is. But mm. long story short, yes, he is top three best second strikers in the league. Um, And this is what I've been trying to tell people (laughs) for ages. Like, I don't see him, and it's not a knock on Eddie, but he doesn't quite have all the facets just yet to be the top man. Like, I know this might be the other extreme with this example I'm about to give, but I'm I'm sure he's age mates with Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe has one year on him, maybe. I think he's 20. I think Eddie's 24. Yeah. Eddie's 24. I think okay. he's 24. So if Eddie's 24, Mbappe is surely about 24 as well. So they're age mates. Yeah, he's 24. You see what I mean? So yeah. in, in that aspect, you would think, right, okay, he might not be good enough or this, that, and the other, whatever. Everyone's mm. story is different. Like Giroud was, you know, a B player at Arsenal for playing the number one role for a long time. And and if we never had Jesus, that's exactly what we would look like right now. Um, yeah very akin to when we had Giroud. 
the minute Giroud went to these other clubs in Chelsea and AC Milan and there was other attacking options and he wasn't the number one guy, but he knew his place, he'd come on. And if, Giroud looked like a world beater. <laughs> Look at Giroud's yeah. CV. We always talk about it. Giroud's Crazy. CV. His kids, his grandkids are going to think he was bloody Lionel Messi. 100%. Like his CV is incredible. But sometimes you just have to understand I, I'm playing my part. My mm-hmm. story may not be to be, you know, I don't know, the, the number nine of this big club mm-hmm. and get all of that. This may be Nketiah's story. Yeah. I wish for more. I wish that he, you know, can kick on and really become, you know, I, I love a, a British number nine, an English number nine, a Halen product. I would yeah. love him to displace Jesus. And mm. and look at look at what we, I think we were saying this in the Sevilla podcast. Jesus in um what four in all competitions. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, Inketi has got he's the he's the most prolific striker in the club right now. Yeah, five in the prem. And my man has how many in the prem? One. One, yeah. One. See what I mean? See what I mean? Mm. So it's it's like sometimes you just have to play the role. Like, and I think he he knows that at this point. He knows, mm. like, you know, when I when I come in, I just gotta take my chances and keep it moving. I may mm. not be the number nine at this club. Issues may arise for him if in the summer, like we're all predicting, Arsenal go and get another striker. Yeah. Then his his place may be a bit untenable. You like you see what I mean? Like people might start mm. thinking, right, what's the future here? But Eddie comes in and this is what Eddie does <laughs> like yeah. it has been a bit higgy hagger in the last couple of months or weeks mm. should I say sorry um you're starting games you're not scoring then all of a sudden it's like Eddie you're not doing what Eddie's meant to do yeah he found himself yesterday and yes it could be against a club like Sheffield United or whatever the case is um you know if he scores a tap in against them and he just gets the one on the day and Tommy gets his one and it's two nil Ah, oh, but Eddie, yeah, that's easy. Sheffield mm. United is tapping, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He scored three times. Right, we can't say nothing now. Like he said, we cannot say nothing because mm. it's Sheffield United, right, so the striker scores three goals, including a yeah. banger. So he, he's done exactly what he needs to do. Um, however, you know, because of the style of play, because of like better opposition that will come, when Jesus is fit, Jesus has to come back in. Yeah. And Eddie just has to learn more so more than anything how to be this clinical guy and catch the pace of the game and be a super sub. Yeah. Javier Hernandez for Man United. He oh knew God. his place. <laughs> Carito for those that if you remember, he knew his yeah. place. Like that's mm. it. We've seen guys that have gone on to become legends or key parts of teams. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, I, I can never ever, and, and granted, I'm not a United fan. I don't know any if this guy ever started a game for United. <laughs> Super but he, sub. But he's always off the bench, banging goals, like, and mm. sometimes that is just your story. Um, yeah, Eddie is is definitely up there for, for a second choice, you know, strikers. He could go to a lower team and maybe start games for any other club. Mm. He, the, the level of service will obviously not be at what it is at Arsenal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think sometimes as Arsenal fans, we're just we we see the guy starting up front. We're like, oh, why is he not this? Why does he not have that? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, we cannot. I don't know any club that has two world class strikers and one is sitting on the bench. If they're not Bro. playing together, one has to sit on the bench. Like, yeah, this is it. This is it. So yeah, like I'm very happy with what he did on on the weekend. Um, like I told you, I was I was I was listening on a drive to the match. Mm. With every single one that went in, I was like, I was shouting down the car. I was like, "Go on, Eddie!" Because these men yeah. hate you, bro. Yeah. These men hate you. So <laughs> keep going. Like this is all you can do. Yeah, no, you know what? And I think I kind of had to reflect a lot, like after the game, just in general, like not maybe in my own thoughts, but just imagining I was Eddie. It's like if I didn't do it against Sheffield United, they would say I'm not good enough. If I do it against Sheffield United, they say it's just Sheffield United. Like, I'm in a lose-lose situation in a sense. So all I can do is go out there and score goals and just do what I know I can do. You know, we've had even within our team players like uh, Will Tord, you know, Carnu to an extent. These players who uh, we still hold in high regard, who have scored big goals for the clubs. They've had their big moments and they've been useful, but they've not been ornery. They've not been not prolific, Not prolific. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not those guys. But yet, we still know you need a squad. 
And Eddie is part of the squad. And I think even more so, I'm coming down to the ability or trying to change my thinking to just say, you know what? We need these kind of players who know they can get it done on some days. The problem is, is when you've got your Jesus's or your striker, you know, back in the day, it was Van Persie and you had Bentner coming in more often, big up Bentner. But you know what I mean? Like you'd have those guys play more often than you would like. And then you start to have the, he's not good enough. Because when people say he's not good enough, what, where are you going to go to spend another 20, 25 million on another backup? Even this whole Tony coming thing like in is, are you dropping Jesus to the bench for Tony? Beyond, we're not doing it. Because we we're laughed. Not. We laughed. If you remember, we laughed during the week when we said, right, Gabriel Jesus is not doing enough. And if Tony comes in, then mm. Gabriel Jesus still plays next to Tony. But then who's, yeah. who's, who, who's, who's dropping? Saka? Like, we laughed. Like, Tony Whoa. is going to be, if he comes in, he's going to be a 60 million sub. Yeah, 100%. He's going to be a suit. He ha- like, he, if it was like in a contrast, like, you have to be a super sub. Like, you have to give results. And of course, it's like a plan B. And with like Jesus's injury record isn't great at times. He can come in and play games. Like, and Ketty has got a lot of games this season. So, you know, but again, you're not like, even with Man City, Alvarez is someone I rate quite highly. But in the same set, like, he's not starting over Haaland. But at the same time, he knows his role. He's getting a run in the team now because De Bruyne is injured, you know, an extended run in the team. And he's playing out of position. And he's playing out of position. So it's like, what more do we kind of want from a backup striker? And it's more of us just having to remember that if we're seeing a bit too much of Eddie, then we start to think of him like he's meant to be a main man or we need like another A striker on the bench. I really, really can't think of any... Look at Real Madrid. Even their A striker isn't an A striker in Rodrigo. He's not. That's why you've got Bellingham doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> uh, Maybe even PSG, you'd say obviously Mbappe, but they've got guys like Colo Moani. But all these guys kind of play off the left or that Gonzalo Ramos. These guys still haven't proven themselves at that level to say, I'm the A guy. You know, so where would you go that you're going to get two A strikers on the bench and one of them and they're both going to be happy unless they're both playing? And we've got two superstars in Marcelo and Saka who are going nowhere. So we've got to really put some respect on Eddie's name and just, you know, know that his ability, yeah, it lacks in some places. But in terms of the other players out there, you know what? I think I'd stick with him and he can just continue to be a squad player um, and do do what he can because he's he's still a willing runner. He's got a good finish on him, as he's shown this weekend. And he does come up chunks with goals every now and then. If anything, it's more pressure on Jesus to show that you're the A striker, that you're the one banging goals, assists, that you're not injured as much as you are currently. And and then that way, we don't see Eddie much. And when we do see Eddie, he comes in for these games to give Jesus a rest and the quality doesn't drop. But um, until then, we're probably going to keep having these striker debates, unfortunately. If if we're honest, and obviously you posed the question, mm. if we're honest of ourselves, the the best B striker in the league is probably Julian Alvarez. Yeah. He probably has in and around, and you know, I haven't checked this, so you know, forgive me if I'm terribly off here. Mm. I would assume he probably has in and around by the end of a season, maybe about the same goals as an Inketia, maybe he just pips him by a few more. His other general play and technical ability is more than Nketiah. That we, I don't think we can argue that. Yeah. Um, he's probably the best B striker. And and that technical ability is probably what allows him to play in other positions and play yeah. in the team when, obviously, De Bruyne's missing now. Um, but after him, it's Nketiah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know who else there is. Like, when you were they, thinking, I was trying to think. I was like, where else? Who else is... like Even just the top teams. And I was saying... United have one striker. Yeah, they don't even have one striker. Um, you know, well, you're Martial. Not, Martial is the second. You're not tell, no one's telling me Martial's better than Nketiah. No and this one. is the thing. On paper, Martial probably should be better. Martial yeah. had a bloody Ballon d'Or this yeah, team yeah. contract. <laughs> Close. <laughs> yeah. York, man. His agent is a, is a superstar for that one still. <laughs> um, Chelsea don't even have one striker, let alone two. Yeah. Liverpool, they got Darwin Nunes and then... Might say what a Jota or Jota, someone maybe yeah, again. He's just across the front he's three. Like a forward, you know I mean? yeah, he's, he's a forward, like a forward. Yeah, he's a forward. So, and then if you go deeper than that, Newcastle. Who's Newcastle striker? Okay, maybe Callum Wilson and Isaac. Depends. None of them really start yeah. outright, but I would say 
I would I would say on the as a striker, I'd probably put them above Inketia. I think. Okay, but I'll tell you this right now. Yeah. Let's let's go with Isa because he's the younger, you know, cool mm. kind of one, right? And take Callum Wilson as a second option. Mm. I'm not taking Callum Wilson over Inketia. I'll tell you that facts right now. I would not have Callum Wilson over Inketia. You you can't twist I, my arm on this one. I, you, I'm, you I'm, can, I, I, if it was a choice of having Inketia or say buying Callum Wilson for okay. what's fair, 20 mil? I don't know how much she would cost. Maybe more I, than that, to be honest. Yeah, but I, the only thing is that because I'm trying to think of it as a, like right now, I'm probably taking Inketia, but I just mean uh, it's difficult. I don't want to do like over his career stuff because Callum Wilson at Bournemouth was was crazy. I think he was getting close to Callum like, Wilson. Callum goals. Wilson's a good striker. He's a good striker. Yeah. But like, say if they're both on free with with all you knew about everything about them both now, and they're both on mm. free transfers and stuff like that, I think I'm I'm keeping Inketia. I, I don't yeah. think I'm bringing in Callum Wilson and that's not disrespect to him I just think Inketia there's there's there might be more of a ceiling with Inketia yeah. um I don't know who else is in and around Aston Villa got Ollie Watkins I don't know who yeah, they're second they have a Duran and some other youths I don't know who they are yeah so, yeah um, it's arguable if you want to bring Callum Wilson into the conversation then cool that still makes Inketia top three you know, this is what I'm saying. Either way, it's we're still here having a debate. It's not like, oh, yeah, like Alvarez, we know we can say cool. Alvarez is probably, like you said, the best B striker, but outside of that, I think you're debating. I mean, even when you speak about, I I wouldn't personally call Nunes a B striker, I think because you're talking about there's Gakpo there and Nunes is like the second option, but I don't think Nunes wasn't brought in to be the B option. He was brought in, it's kind of like the Lacazette and Abamyang situation. Lacazette yeah. was brought in. He wasn't really banging. They bring in Gakpo and now Gakpo's kind of like the man. But now you've got like a 50, 60, 70 million guy on the bench who's kind of like trying to find his form. So he's kind of okay and content at the moment. But again, on his day, I mean, Nunes, you can definitely see the quality in some things he does, but I'm still having a debate with Enketia and Nunes, 100%. So wait, does does Gakpo not play in the wing for Liverpool? He plays on the middle? No, he plays down the middle. They got like either Salah and um, who will they play on the other yes. side? Like Diaz. Um, but I think now, because Diaz has some palabra with his dad getting bagged or something like that. So oh, okay. um, kidnapped or something. So I think he's out of the squad. He's gone back to Colombia. Um, prayers up to him and his family. Um, but yeah, now I think Nunes started the game just against Forest recently. So it maybe moved things around. But as far as I remember, it'd be Diaz, Salah and then Gakpo down the middle. But I see some Liverpool fans getting a bit peeved off with Gakpo saying, you know, he's not what they thought he was initially when they, they signed him last Jan. But either way, I'm still having a conversation. If you want to say you're going with Gakpo, I'm still going to say, you know, OK, Nketiah versus Nunes just depends on the day personally, because that guy is erratic as anything. And he, yeah, he does some good things in moments, but so does Nketiah. Yeah, I think for me, and maybe this again, because I know this guy, I don't know him, but I know him better than these other strikers. Mm. Um, being a fan of the club, there's something about Inketia, like it's a never say die attitude. I think we've said it on the pod before. Yeah, like he knows if if it's not Arsenal, he's mm. heading to mid table to lower mid table obscurity in terms yeah. of to go to be the first team striker at one mm. of them kind of clubs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't think a lot of teams within the top 10, because, I mean, the top 10 just expanding in terms of the amount of teams challenging and in and around there. Yeah. Even if you look like Aston Villa, Aston Villa can't see them signing him and they ain't going to mm. drop Molly Watkins for him. Um, yeah. Newcastle wouldn't need him. And they're the guys, I guess, are the pretenders outside of the, the obvious names. So, yeah, he would be kind of dropping down a level. Mm. He's... He's very good. I mean, long story short, this guy is he's very good. He he's there's a steely mentality that it's just like, yeah. well, like I'm backing myself. Remember that first interview? Don't give me 20 minutes, expect me to be Jesus Christ. Exactly. See what I mean? Start me yeah. run of games, I'll show you. He did that, he did exactly that. Um, then he's managed to, you know, grab himself a new contract at the club. He pretty much knows his position in the club that I'm, mm. I'm going to come in for Gabriel Jesus, just give me an opportunity. He does that relatively well. 
There's been times mm. this season that, yes, we have both said that, you know, he's he's fallen off. He's not really doing exactly that, you know, deputising very well. Mm. He, had a, he scored a hat-trick, you know. And West Ham, you know, as you kind of will talk about West Ham, he'll, he'll probably start against West Ham down yeah. the middle, I would assume. Um, don't know when Jesus is back. He could possibly start the Newcastle game as well, which yeah. will be a lot harder going to St. James's Park. Mm. But... This is it. This is this is all we can ask him to do. Honestly. Like, honestly. this isn't a case of Jesus being available and Eddie's keeping him out of the team, which I think was happening a couple of weeks, but maybe a month ago when yeah. Jesus just returned from injury. Like, this is all we can ask someone that we're asking to deputise to do. And mm. he's done it with his past this weekend with Flying Colours. Yeah. Yeah, no, Eddie, Eddie continues to improve. And that's one thing where... I can't take that away from him. You know, the Eddie you saw from seasons ago, you thought the game was limited, but now the link-up play is getting better. The finishing, he continues to excel at in a general sense. Um, he's gotten stronger, faster, fitter. You know, he's probably one of the fittest players that we have. You know, he's rarely ever injured. So, you know, he's, he's reliable as well. So, you know what, like, just let him just keep doing his thing and, yeah, hopefully more goals against West Ham uh, this coming week. Um but yeah, I mean, like Eddie, Eddie got the, our first three goals, I believe, um, and then we saw some subs in the game. And I know we've spoken a little bit about, or spoken quite a bit about our squad depth, but I think it's just I keep, even though there's so much more to go, I'm just so impressed by, you know, like you said, we're able to bring in like even Havertz is now kind of in the squad rotation and Smithrow, and you see Nelson come off the bench, uh, Vieira. Even see Big Mo come off the bench as well, and all that sort of stuff, and just seeing the the depth in the squad that we have. Um, Trossard as well come off the bench, and he played. He had an amazing like twenty twenty five minutes. He was dancing back. I think it was it was it Jaden Bogle. Oh my days, he I did one toast. <laughs> and yeah, I just I just feel like this season just feels a bit more difficult. It feels a lot different to last season. I just feel like now we're still not we, like we kind of clicked into gear against a lesser, um, a lesser opposition, yes. But it just feels like we're going to have enough to go like the whole way. We're 10 or 11 games in now. We're two points off the bums down the road who are, like you mentioned in the group chat, they're one injury away, one, two injuries away That's from it. collapse. And they're going to get found out soon, 100%. I think in their next six, they've got Villa, they've got... Uh, Chelsea, I think they've got City, they've got big games coming up and then we're going to really see what they're made of um, where we've kind of had a lot more of the bigger games, although we still got one on the horizon. Um, but yeah, like just the overall squad, bro, I've, I've literally feeling like, you know, apart from the midfield crisis that we might have come January with the AFCON and Asian Cup, um, we look really good in, just in terms of our numbers and Exactly, so it was great to see Smithrow got a run out. Not really the performance we would have hoped for, um, in a general sense, but the role he's been asked to do is a little bit different, a little bit less selfish. Um, he got an assist, and he, yeah, he did get he did get an assist. So you know, you can't every pass every pass matters uh, kind of vibe. But where I'm going with this is, and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I don't think Havertz is a midfielder. I don't think he's a midfielder. On numerous occasions, this man receives the ball with his back to goal and just lays it off to um, Rice or to the DM or whoever's to his right or left. Never, like, very rarely do you see him get the ball on a half turn, spin, try and run at defenders, try and pick a pass or dribble past a couple people unless we've managed to get him up to, like, you know, edge of the box. And then he does it because he's in striker mode. But when he's in and around the box, he's playing like a striker, but he's almost like forgetting that he's he's a lot, he's further back from the field. So he's doing the striker thing of just like, you know, nice little layoff and spin out. And I'm just, I don't know if this is going to, if this experiment is going to work and what it's going to mean for us in the long term, because we didn't try to sign a striker. We tried to sign uh, a midfield we tried to sign a striker who we thought we could change to midfield and we've now got a decent a bit of data not the whole picture and things can still change it's still only October 
coming into November. But, bro, it's not even about his quality now. It's just his positioning, the way he plays. We're still not getting enough of him in that role in the way we want to. Like, not even that creative or anything. I'm just at a loss for what we're going to do with Kai Havertz. I think um, coming off the back of last season with Xhaka at eight as well Mm. is making this even harder to swallow. Like, it's just like... We're we're being patient. I would say the majority of the fan base are being patient. Mm. People are voicing their opinions, and rightly so. Um, This is someone that's played in the Premier League for three years. He's not new to this. Um, When he came to the Premier League, played for Chelsea, he wasn't playing up front. That was Mm. a thing of the last 18 months or so. So he's played deeper for Chelsea as well. And obviously, he started his career in a deeper position, not a striker. So... It's very hard to take. Um, you know, Arsenal wanted this deal done so badly that they bloody financed the thing and paid. You know, most football deals are financed anyway, but like mm. fifteen mil a season for the next three, four years, or whatever the case is, um, mm. to to get him paid for. Like, we took a real gamble with with Kai Havertz. Um, this this is equivalent of a of a woman seeing like a a serial cheater <laughs> of a man and being like, oh, I can change him. Like, <laughs> he, 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 like, all right, all right, love, go go ahead and try. And that's how we've all kind of said to Arteta, well, you know, yeah. you're the gaffer, you you've done well so far. We'll back you and we'll kind of have um blind faith sort of thing and follow you into this one. Mm. But um, like you're saying right now, it just doesn't look like anything he's being given in regards to that particular assignment in midfield is working or clicking or anything like that. Now, I wouldn't mind repurposing him and using him as a striker off Mm. the bench, you know, quote unquote, big man, throw the ball in there if we need it to change the style of play somewhat. Um, we have been doing that in bits, but I think it's we're still wedded to this idea of him in midfield, and it's just not there. It's just not there. And you know, same way we said for Eddie, Sheffield United, this, that, and the other. Mm. If mm. he can't do this against Sheffield United, you know, I think it's it's fair for fans to kind of call him into question and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know with Havertz. We just have to keep going and hoping. And, you know, there's players in and around him that can hopefully pull through and the, the his performance won't be, like, detrimental to the team. Yeah. Um, but one day, you can't just... We can't keep playing games relying on 10 players. One day, yeah. his performance is going to have to be, you know, something that pulls the team through or gives us, gives us a key assist or something like that. Like, something needs to give very, very soon with Kai Havertz. And this experiment. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't want to be a dead horse. I don't want to like languish over it, but we bought this guy for 60, 65 million British pounds and he's not meant to be a rotation option. You can come in and just keep the ball ticking over. You know, we should have kept Sambi if that was if that was the plan. Yep. You know, especially with Partey being out and stuff, we could have kept Sambi for that. He would have got a decent minutes at this rate, you know, looking at it. So, sure. um, I just feel like it may have to make us alter plans. And I don't know if Arteta's pride, if, if it at all is what we think it is, he's going to now just have him going back up front and, you know, kind of playing that sort of role. Because whenever I've seen him play well, he's been in that advanced role. He's been, you know, doing layoffs and turning and twisting and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know if that's where he's going to be, but for the money and for the performances that we've seen from Kai Havertz for the last three years, we just think that, you know what, well, he's got to come. You have to make him come good. Otherwise, you've got to sell him for at least the same amount or more. And right at this moment in time, God help us. But No one's paying more. <laughs> we move. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, Fabio Vieira comes on. He, he earns a penalty, takes a penalty. Uh, looks like obviously expecting a child as well. Maybe that's why they gave it to him. I'm not sure. Um, certain man was saying Havertz should take it again on the timeline. I was like, you <laughs> need to. <laughs> P-E-P. Any, uh, you know what I mean? Um, 
But yeah, and then Tomiyasu gets his first goal for the club as well, which was nice. I felt like his recent performances have deserved it. And he's been finding himself in some advanced positions recently anyway. I know this one's like a corner, but um, yeah, he feels like he just definitely deserves a goal and brilliant for him. Um, so yeah, we wrapped that up 5-0. But looking ahead in the week, um, we've got West Ham away, the Declan Rice uh, derby. Um, I've noted today that West Ham actually lost today to Everton, one goal to nil at home. Now, as much as we'd like to think those things would matter, we know West Ham are going to wake up for Arsenal. Everyone loves to wake up for Arsenal. They love to humble in Arsenal. Um, what are you trying to see in that game? Are you? I know we both kind of want to see a cup run in the Carabao Cup um, and we kind of want to see us take it semi-seriously. Are um, you trying to see a lineup similar to the one against Sheffield United? Do you think we need to go gung ho enough? Who do you not want to see playing with Newcastle on the horizon? I don't want to see Declan Rice playing. I think Declan Rice. I think Declan Rice is a touch bench. I don't think he needs to be involved. It'll be a nice occasion. He can he can be on the bench, or and you know take a warm applause mm. from the fans, warming up mm. and all of that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. You know when when the match is won, if a free no up, then you can bring on Deck for the last twenty minutes or fifteen minutes. Let him just keep keep warm ahead of the Newcastle trip. I don't want to see Declan Rice play. Um, a Trossard should come in for Martinelli. Um, mm. We'd love to see a Reese Nelson come in or someone like that for um, Saka. Mm. Eddie up top, which I think we said earlier, um, the defence and midfield might somewhat pick itself mm. um, or maybe something similar to what we just saw against Sheffield United, maybe like a Havertz, uh, Smith Rowe and um, I don't know, Jorginho Deep or something like that. Mm. Uh, I, I think we need to... As much as I still want to take this competition seriously, we need to ring the tra- the, the changes because Newcastle is not going to be easy. Um, the journey alone for Newcastle, you know, will be something that you you want p- p- people limbered up and you know not too tired and stuff like that. So you have to bring in these other guys for now to play on the, mid- the midweek game, mm. and I'm sure West Ham are going to make some changes as well because yeah. uh, West Ham just played today as we record. Mm. Um, so Arsenal have gained a day on West Ham um, mm. going into that match. So, yeah, I, I think that the right thing to do is ring some changes. And we should definitely still have the quality um, mm. to beat them. Um, we just have to do all the right things, don't get emotionally involved. West Ham, West Ham at home... Is always a tough game for us. Yeah. Like we, we always, it's just like we always sliver out of there with mm. a win or it's a draw or something like that. So, um, yeah, and by force we will be seeing Ramsdale. So, Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I hope he gets a warm reception. I hope he gets, um, you know, puts in a really good performance mm. because at this rate, that's that's all he can do to just you know stay in the mind of the manager. Yeah, I mean, I think. If I'm Arteta, I'm using this Sheffield United game to keep the players who will be playing in the League Cup warm for the game. So I like similar. I would probably like to see Kivior go again. I yeah. wouldn't mind a Zinchenko. I don't know. Maybe you want to throw in Tommy. Depends what you're thinking about for Newcastle. If that would impact your preparation. Um, unfortunately, we just we got to go Ben White again. <laughs> like I just I worry about that guy. But I was happy yeah. he came off around sixty. Um, against Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, maybe throw in, maybe this time go Gabriel and Kivior. If Gabriel, if Gabriel can play right centre-back, maybe. I don't think he's a, it's like, it'd be too difficult. Mm. But yeah, maybe Kivior. Yeah, I don't know. But if you wanted to do that, you could rotate out. I might even go with an Elneny over Jorginho just for the legs. You know, the West Ham midfield is quite bullish. I mean, just at least having someone who's got the legs to kind of run around who won't get overrun like that in a sense yeah. um, not to the same level I'm happy with the Smith Rowe Havertz and yeah the up front definitely more more rotation but probably Eddie up top again Trossard Nelson or if you think you want to kind of like have a bit more quality up there and you can have the heavy hitters on the bench you can have Rice you can have Sacco Martinelli if you feel like you're in a position you want to chase it why not um, but I think we have more than enough quality and like you said West Ham have um play today and they played all their heavy hitters um I think they've got again obviously they're going again on the weekend as well like we all are so you know do you want to risk Bowen do you want to risk Paqueta Definitely. you know 
all these man for a little League Cup thing. And I know it's a bit different for the teams who are a bit lower down because they're thinking this might be our only cup run, but we're somewhere in Europe these days. You know the what thing, I mean? The thing, and, and they never really take it seriously like that anyway. I, I, I yeah. always wonder why the, the smaller teams don't actually try to win this cup like mm. well, their first team. Yeah. But maybe it's the finances around the the actual trophy. Like it's it's not really worth anything really worth uh, financially mm. to the club. So they don't need to do too much unless they reach the final and then it just becomes right silverware's mm. on the horizon. But um yeah we we they're gonna they're gonna rotate. Um I'm sure they'll def they'll ring the changes. Arsenal will ring some changes, but we definitely still have more than enough mm. um to get over the line against them. Yeah. D- just remind does winning the Carabao get you any entry to Europe? Yeah so no FA Cup used to be Europa League. Yeah. I I think it's Europa I, League or maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's Conference, League, like now, Conference yeah. League or something. But yeah, yeah, I think it did used to get you Europa. I think it did because I felt like that's how you would get three, depending on who won it, because normally if the Man City or Arsenal win FA Cup Carabao, mm-hmm. then Europa League would go down to seventh. But I think yeah. now that Europa Conference League is now seventh, maybe Carabao gets you into Europa Conference League. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for a team like West Ham or any of these teams, you'd think, you know, I know the money might not be great, but to still have European competition, I mean, it would be, you know, amazing. Like, look at, look at West Ham winning it. Literally. And, yeah, so... But, yeah, I, I think we, we should definitely still have more than enough. And, again, more opportunity for more of these fringe players to come in and, you know, feel connected to the squad. And, again, I always said, even when it was Wenger, like, these players who come in, if you know that this is really going to be your only real minutes that you're getting this season, bar freak incidences or incidents, um, injuries, then I'd be playing my heart out. This is my, you know, this is my Saturday three o'clock kickoff. This is, you know, this is me under the lights and it will be under the lights. So, you know, play your heart out because you want to keep those minutes rolling in. I know if we get like quite further along, depending on who we're playing. But again, if you keep your performance levels up, then it might just be a thing of like, well, you got us here continue to try and get us to a final and take it from there. So, yeah, I, I just do hope for a good performance. I'd hate to see us go out at this stage, um, especially to West Ham. I just, they, they want to shut up about it. So, yeah, like, I just wanted to put them to the sword and, yeah, make their, make their, make it two out of two losses or whatever. Even they lost midweek as well, actually, to Olympiacos in the Europa League. So, yeah, maybe just continue the bad form and put them under a bit of pressure. Yeah, let it keep running, man. Like, we've taken their best player, their mm. small boys to us. Like, we just, the man that are coming in, again, most importantly, they need to show themselves. Yeah. The Trussard is going to come in, if we're going to keep a Smith Rowe in there or have us or give Vieira a chance, you know, um, these men need to show themselves, sort of thing. So, use this as an audition. Because there's there's clearly, you know, and that's one thing we, we've improved upon from last season, there is yeah. rotation happening. There is some level of, you know, um, you're not playing well, come out the team, this, that and the other. Um, this guy hooked his flipping captain to <laughs> give Smith Rowe a go, yet he leaves yeah. Ryan go. Listen, I'll have a conversation for another day in it. But like, yeah, there's opportunities in it. So everyone use your eyes and um, mm. take your chance when you get it. That's it. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, but let's look a little further on the horizon. And we've got Newcastle. Um, I can't remember if it's a Saturday or Sunday kickoff. That sort of game makes me think it's either a 5.30 Saturday or a Sunday afternoon kickoff with the tie. But um, just a little bit on Newcastle. They're doing exactly what I thought they would do this season. I didn't think they'd be as prolific in the league. Not to say they're doing poorly. They sit in sixth on 17 points. They're a good five points off Aston Villa, who are doing very well. Um, And Brighton are just underneath them on goal difference. One thing Newcastle have done is score a lot of goals this season. I think they're currently uh, tied. If I'm looking at the the table correctly, yeah. Us, City and Newcastle all have 15 goal difference. Um, So they have been scoring goals. But... Defensively, you know, they've conceded 11. They're not keeping the door shut as much. They just had a draw against Wolves, who seem to be making a little bit of a resurgence in terms of their form and performances. But I'll be honest with you, bro. I think we need to go up there 
And I think it has to be three points. Now, don't get me wrong. If we go there and we get a draw, I'm content. But I just look at the way the squad is performing in a sense, the mess with Tonali. They've lost a very good quality player now, not to lessen the likes of a Longstaff or whoever, Joe Linton and that. But we went there last season. It was a tough game, um, but we know what they're about. And now we've got Declan Rice and a more, you know, filled out squad. You know, if we go there, if pray there's no injuries, pray there's no injuries. I think it's got, I think we can go there, get three points. I think we know what they're going to be on. They love that, you know, bang, bang football, Gordon on the left, Amaron running on the right and Callum Wilson doing what he does. But I still look at their defence. Botman's out. They've got Lascelles playing, who somehow is still club captain, I think. Um, you know, they're like Trippier. Okay. But I think they're still pushing out. Who's on the left? Who's left back now? Is it Matt Target still? Or, I don't know. But I just look at the... Oh, Dan Byrne. These are players who I believe can be got at. I still think they've still got some deficiencies in the squad. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that the rotated squad that we can hopefully see on uh, Wednesday will lend itself to the team we play against Newcastle where we can get out of St. James's part with another three points, which will put down another huge marker, especially trying to keep our unbeaten run going. Um, and yeah, just show them that, yeah, you lot are not our size. And um, yeah. yeah, keep them quiet because they've been piping up a lot since their, their run last season and a couple good performances in the Champions League, I must admit. Yeah, they're um, they're still a very interesting outfit in Newcastle. Like, obviously, there's a lot of money around the club. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, like we said, we're almost waiting for them to drop too far down the table and then, you know, yeah. Eddie Howe's out of a job <clears throat> bring in some world-class manager or whatever the case <laughs> is and give him all the funds in the world. Um Listen, they're not small boys, and they'll be at home, and that that their their um, home support very loud, very ruckus. Arsenal need to still go there and get a result, though, because yeah. you know these are the places where we, these are the matches, as I always say, where we if we can still go there and win and get something, and we've been very good on the road this mm. season, um, we can possibly. And I'm not glamorizing this, but we can mm. possibly then afford to drop points against some of the more heavy hitters in the league if we go and do the business in these kind of places. Still not easy, but you know, we're better than them. Mm. We're better than them, show up on the day, you know, rattle them. Like you said, they're missing a few key players. Yeah. We're missing some players, but we're finding ways to play without them. Mm-hmm. Um Newcastle don't have um somewhat of the size of squad that we we have um you know we were them somewhat a couple of years back yeah. and now you know we've got options off the bench and with with Declan Rice and I'm sorry to kind of give him all the praise but <laughs> with Declan Rice all is possible yeah. the engine on that guy is I I just didn't know that we were signing this level of this level of player um, obviously, we don't watch him week in, week out like that. But yeah, I, I think Newcastle, you know, if someone offered me a 1 0 now, I'll bite your hand off and take that. <laughs> I'll bite your hand off and take that. Might, even take, a risk to, might even take a risk of it too, bruv. <laughs> take, take a four arm and all. Like, literally, like, I'll take uh. that and I'll get out of there and we'll come back and go again, sort of thing. Um, sometimes, you know, we always want a good performance and mm. a one nil could be a good performance. Um, mm. but you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. Go yeah. there, get the job done, um, return to, you know, more familiar shores and continue, keep going. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I just had a quick look while you were speaking at, um, our current, shall we say like, um, rivals in Tottenham and Man City and Tottenham are at home to Chelsea. Um, on the Monday night next week. Um, I don't know what we're going to get with Chelsea. You know, not do I do I care in a sense, but I'm hoping they can show some sort of pride as they've got like a kind of a deep-rooted hatred with the both of them that they can kind of put out some sort of performance. Um, but Man City have Bournemouth at home. So odds will say that Man City are collecting three points. Mm. Um, Tottenham with Chelsea maybe it'll be a bit more difficult to decipher, but we've definitely got the tougher fixture. And it's going to be important for us to, at the very least, not um, 
lose ground in terms of uh, losing. A point, like I said, in terms of the fixture wouldn't be horrific, but I just think we've got more than enough than we did last season where we got three points and we kind of rode our luck at points. I know Kivio played that game. They had like a handball shout in the first couple of minutes, which got waved off um, rightfully so, in my opinion. Um, we were kind of hitting them on the counter and doing it well. Um, and yeah, came away with 2-0. Um, and yeah, they haven't really done much in terms of like improving in terms of other outside of Tonali, who's again, he's been banned for, I think, 10 months now because he's been at Ladbrokes. <laughs> I, heard, I saw, a, um, saw a TikTok today that um, <laughs> someone must have done like some edit over at Eddie Howe press conference. And the journalist asked Eddie Howe, um, I know this is going to be a hard one to deal with, but, um, you know, Tonali um, had you as the bookmaker's favourite to be to, to get the sack. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> and they inserted some, like, Eddie Howe speech about, oh, yeah, it's very unfortunate, but, you know, we've got to crack on with these things. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised. Um but yeah, like you know, back back to the back to the to the his, to his ban has begun now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's begun. They thought he was going to be able to play for Wolves, but um they said they extended it to worldwide, so it's ten months. I think he's even internationals and everything. So yeah, he's looks like he's, he'll, he'll be back but again beginning of next season. Yeah, so no Euros, nothing for him, unfortunately, which is a, a shame for them, but hopefully something we can take advantage of. But it's pretty much now the same Newcastle we played last season, rough and tumble. They're gonna try and use that crowd and I hope we've got a tough ref because you know they're going to be kicking and fighting for every ball and yeah we got so hopefully we can get a lot of good game management uh in the game and yeah just like we we can't put out anything like we did against Chelsea that is for sure because if we do that we will get roasted it will be it'll be biblical so need to go there with all the energy um hopefully no injuries no fresh injuries and some of our big hitters, you know, Saka, uh, Martinelli, uh, Jesus, if he's back, I did see, I think Arteta said that he doesn't know per se with Jesus' injury because he always surprises us. But that doesn't really sound good to me. But anyway, he was saying he might be back for Newcastle. Whether that will be too quick, I don't know. But if he's fit, I'll take him personally because, yeah, uh, yeah those Fabian Shars and Lascelles and Dan Byrne might just be a bit a tad too much for for Inketia, but yeah yeah who knows but um yeah and after that um we won't focus too far on the horizon but those are the next two games um I'm expecting two wins personally I think that my expectations have really gone up high I mean other than maybe Man City and Liverpool away yeah those are the only games where maybe I think I'd be a lot more conservative about the result but right now it's it's just got to be gung-ho we just got to keep winning keep winning keep winning and when we don't win, we definitely cannot lose. So, um, yeah, uh, great win this weekend. West Ham in the midweek, I think it's Wednesday. Um, and then, yeah, we go Saturday. I just checked it is Saturday, 5.30. So. That's who? Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah so. Just, like, just like you said, I mean, I remember Mourinho must have been 05. He said, <laughs> we cannot win every game. But yeah. you cannot lose. Yeah. And that that is really where we are right now. Like um, mm. obviously we we lost in the Champions League to RC Lons, um, came back last week with a great victory over Sevilla. But in the Premier League, we've been undefeated. Yeah. Um Tottenham are also undefeated, right? Yeah, unfortunately. It's just us and our North London rivals. So mm. yeah, we, we just have to keep going. Every point is important. Um, mm. you know. Again, I don't want a situation where we draw to Newcastle, but if we play, you know, like dog poo, like we did against Chelsea and we've pulled pull a draw out of somewhere, then mm. you take it and run. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're past the point now of if we lead in a game, don't give away a bloody equaliser and then we yeah. feel like we've been shafted, like we've been robbed. Um, but better yet, go out and win these games because it's going to matter. When, when we're tasked with going to Liverpool away, when we're mm. tasked with going to Man City away, then I can sit back and be like, well, if we drop points, well, yeah, we're, we're still, you know, in and around good territory. And mm. obviously no fan ever wishes to lose, but, you know, sometimes you have to be realistic with yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be real. <laughs> have to be real. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 
there's there's places where you would quote unquote rather lose yeah. than here. This is mm. not one of them. Um, yeah, but three points I definitely think should be in our side. We've got more than enough to get three points at yeah. Newcastle, despite you know them being one of the the pretenders in this league right now. Mm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm just I'm not even here for the mm, go, like. It's it's more like if we don't win, draw. Obviously, I'm sure mm-hmm. most fans would say that, but I just feel like no, like we should go to Newcastle and win. They don't have a better team than us. We have better players in better positions. You know, the crowd do play a big part. Um, they got the fans up in the gods, as they call it, uh, in the sky, chilling. But mm. we've gone to Newcastle before and gotten big results. People just hang on to that to that loss we had when we kind of messed up, when we did mess up top four two seasons ago and kind of use that to kind of be like, oh, Arsenal have had some shaky results up there in recent years. And I'm like, have we? I mean, I feel like other than that, I can't remember us losing there in recent memories. And people talk about the 4-4, you know, from many, many years ago, many moons ago. But I feel like we've been all right away at St. James's. So, yeah. you know, maybe I need to go through the the archives and see. But, you know, Newcastle aren't, aren't, aren't as big as us. So we, we should be putting them to the sword. And hopefully we do so. Yeah. we. It's got to be. It's got to be. Um, mm. We'll crack on and we move um yeah a very good week a very good week for us um mm. I, it's it's you know i was well, i was watching the united city game today and i was thinking do i want united to win here to kind of slow down city mm. um and when city you just plump plummeting them you, you always laughed out <laughs> so like either way like i never had a horse mm. in the race yet, really so yeah uh, you just enjoy it either way um but yeah, like you said, some results have really went our way this weekend. We've done our business. Um, it's it's going to speed up. Obviously, we're heading into November now. December, we know it, it is mm. going to be matches left, right, and center. Um, and then, obviously, as we get into the other side of the new year, the importance of the matches picks up. Whether it's Champions League latter stages, or you know, we're at the business end of the Premier League table. Mm. Things are really going to start meaning stuff, and I want us to. We've this time last season, you know, this is where people started to begin to think. You know, I think at this point last season, we had we had just won that game at Emirates against Liverpool. That yeah, yeah, helped so, yeah. Help the game. What was the final score of that uh, game? Three two. We won three two. Yeah. yeah, and we were top of the league. Um, and I remember I was at a wedding that weekend. This is why I remember it. Mm. And we, everyone was obviously watching a match on their phones. And it's like, every time Arsenal scored, you just heard in the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Arsenal won, like every, all the man that were watching it could come together and it's just like, we are top of the league. Yeah. And the wedding just kind of took off from there sort of thing. And it's, it's, uh. this is where I think, this is kind of the period last season when we started to believe like Man City were faltering a bit. We're just not mm. looking so convincing that we thought, you know, we're in and around it. This season, we know we're in and around. This isn't yeah. like a, a pipe dream or something we, did, we didn't mm. expect to be here. No, yeah. we expected to be here. We spent the money to be here. Um, and we haven't quite hit that that top level just mm. yet. We're still kind of feeling out who's best in what positions, dealing with injuries and, you know, all the other stuff. Um, Man City, again, as great as they look at times this season, they've mm. lost, what, twice this season already? Yeah, twice, yeah. So yeah it's it's we just have to keep going we just have to keep mm. going because we know this as as of last season where a lot of us probably learned our lesson you know we're not winning the flipping league in november december january or feb we just have to keep accumulating the points and then when it comes to april at least then you can have a look at the table and then think okay where are we yeah. what do we need to do here to get over the line um but right now i think we're doing all the good all the um right stuff we're beating Sheffield United convincingly clean sheet at home uh, yeah. there's no stories to tell about the goalkeeper there's just straight yeah. action our striker was was, was flourishing mm. all we can ask for yeah no 100% and that's what we need sometimes like I said I love these um, you know quiet games where it's just dull and we just we're able to just watch the football and just watch the goals go in and oh he scored and oh yeah he him and all that stuff don't want to hear anything about Raya and yeah and because I'm sure unfortunately maybe that will be coming sooner rather than later but you know we take these days with a plum and um 
yeah, brilliante. Um, but yeah, any any last thoughts, my bro, before we before we say goodbye? No, I think I think that's it. Um, West Ham on on Wednesday. Um, you know, be very interested to see the the lineup for that one, and um, you know if we can keep this good momentum going with a rotated squad. Um, and then yeah, like we're just been discussing Newcastle on the weekend. But that's it, guys. Um, that's another episode of Canon Club Podcast in the books. Make sure you subscribe if you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Google Podcast. Subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review as well. And, of course, you know we over here on the YouTube as well, Canon Club on YouTube. We'll be back same time next week. So we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you then. Oi, look at our tennis squad. We just got on a pitch and we say it off. I used to just want to get top four, but we're up now when I want a lot more. If we quit now, it was all for nothing. They talk big, but we call them bluffing. We can call no more discussion. This season's all or nothing. Bukayo, that's our boy. I told you that Saka's a star boy. Tech time, could we coming at you?